as of today, it was I don't know what time it was this morning that I am completely through. Well, it actually started yesterday, maybe two days ago. I don't know, but I'm completely through at ESPN Sports Center. Outside of when Jalen Rose decides to be at work and when the sports are back, so they can show highlights and actual games. I we talked about this the other day. Um, it was probably last week. <laughs> it was, I hate to even go here to start off the morning, but why does ESPN have flight reacts all on their social media pages? Like his 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 takes on basketball are terrible. He can't even pronounce half the players' names. And he's not a good basketball player. And they've been showing his highlights of him playing basketball. Like he's like it's good basketball players that don't play in the NBA. I like Famous Los, um, BA, Brandon, um, just a couple other guys, but I don't get the flight react one. I just really don't. Yeah, I guess man, man, ESPN they need buzzwordsy stuff, so they gonna go to the, I guess whoever's on social media right now. So I don't even really know nothing about them until maybe like a week ago. I had never yeah. even heard of them. So, but yeah, I ain't surprised. ESPN they reaching for stuff at the moment, anything to put some content on there. And just get so got that out well already. I'm John W. Fresh X. We are the Hoopers. So the NBA, well, let's not start there. Um, Steven Jackson, who's been very vocal about what's going on um, in America right now, following the death of one of his, my bad, following the murder of one of his um, close friends, George Floyd, up in Minnesota. Um, he has some interesting things to say on Instagram. He's been really vocal the last couple of weeks about everything and how that you know the players should approach this and how the NBA itself should approach it. Whereas he's saying that. Basically, if you haven't seen his, his um his, haven't seen Instagram videos, just to paraphrase a little bit, he basically saying what most people saying the NBA is all about money, and they don't actually care about black lives unless it pertains to them, you know, playing on the court. Right. I partially agree with Stephen Jackson, but I'm gonna start with a few things. One, let's stop getting on businesses for caring about business. That's number one. The NBA is a business, and as I've said time and time again with football. They can only do so much about, like, they can't change the laws. They can't arrest officers. They can't They can't, They can't. do nothing. So there's only so much they could do. So let's stop putting all the pressure on it, calling out ESPN and call out the people who actually made the changes. Not ESPN, but the NBA, the basketball players, and all that. That's where people need to start, number one. Number two, I do agree with some of the stuff Jack is saying, and then I, I also I agree with him saying that you know people have gotten some people have gotten away from talking about some of the issues that's going on, which is going to naturally happen after a couple of weeks. Because, but I also think how long do you talk about what's supposed to going on, and then you start talking about the next step, and that's why the stuff goes away because we sit talking about what's going on, opposed to putting something in action. And the thirdly. I just I wonder, you know, Steve Jackson is super connected to this, and I think he's one of the realest persons like ever, and I, I think he's really sincere about what he's saying. But I just wonder how he would feel if he was still playing, because he's saying that he don't think people should play because ESPN isn't talking about George Floyd or Breonna Taylor, even though it's not much to talk about George Floyd no more right now. Not that it's not to talk about, but his people are arrested. Now we're just making sure that you're on the people who make the decisions to make sure those folks are convicted because they already been arrested. Um. But what do we expect ESPN to do? Uh, we expect to hear Stephen A. talking about laws every day. Like, it's not CNN. He's not Don Lemon or John Lemon, whatever that guy's name is on ESPN. I, I mean, CNN. Um, so 
I, I I get his I get his sentiments. I get what he's saying, and I get how connected he is. But players are better off using their platform than sitting around doing nothing. And I get what he's saying. So yeah, they just don't paint Black Lives Matter on the uh, which we on the court. Which we, no, none of us. Yeah, that ain't gonna do nothing. But you could paint Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter on the court, and during the press conference, you can ask questions or hold whatever type of seminars while you're there because that's the most that's going to happen because these guys don't make laws and they don't arrest people and all that kind of stuff. Whereas Adam Silver, LeBron, what can they do at the end of the day other than speak? And LeBron is not just shoving dribble, but he's as valuable as him being an athlete because that's why we know who LeBron is. We wouldn't know who he is if he wasn't an athlete. So I just wonder with Stephen Jackson, I challenge him to say, what do you think people should do opposed to, Oh, I told you this wasn't going to be trending no more because the word's bigger than just what's trending, trending on Twitter so or trending on Instagram. So what are these people supposed to do? It's not just about not playing. And then you can see a lot of players that flip-flop and they went from caring about social justice and now it's back about the corona. Some players I think just don't want to play, and that is what it is. But I I, I don't disagree with Steven Jackson, no. no, no. no yeah. But I just, like, what, what do you suggest? Like, what is Max going to tell me? about the law. He's not a lawyer. He, he speaks on boxing. So you can only say so much and then after a while, life is going to get back to normal. And I also challenge Steve, Steven Jackson because, as I said to personally in our group yesterday, our group chat, that uh, I, I know a lot a lot of the episodes for him and Matt Barnes show All the Smoke are pre-recorded, but they're still posting those episodes. They're still making money off of those episodes. They, they've posted a couple episodes the last no couple of days they posted a Ken Griffey episode. They just did a Richard Hamilton episode. They just did a I can't remember the one that posted yesterday or the day before, but they're still posting episodes and they're still promoting those episodes on YouTube. Um and I will to his credit, he's not the one actively doing it in a way, I guess. But he could have went to Matt and like Matt, we don't need to be posting these right now. We need to be talking about social justice. Well, to Matt Barnes, um I know I think it was like a week or two ago I said he said he said, you know, they should do both. He's not with exactly. he said you you know, use your platform because that's what he didn't say this, but this is what I'm saying. You know, you he said, of course, use your platform, do both play and speak on what's going on. Right. But you know, I think just they Stephen they just look Stephen Jack Jackson just a little too connected because he like you say they called George Floyd his twin. He actually knew the dude, so um it it cut a little deeper for him. But right. he's he's not wrong, but I just always challenge people like when they kept getting like the NFL is clearly racist. I'm not resolving them with that, but when it's like Collins kneeling for the, the national anthem. All right, cool. You can kneel for it. What's next? What are we supposed to do next? The NFL does not change laws. The NFL does not hire the police chief. The NBA is not going to be in the Supreme Court's justice mind. Like, all right, let's make sure we get these folks life. Let's go. The NBA can't call the DA in Kentucky and say, hey, go arrest Breonna Taylor's killers. So you keep bringing awareness or whatever. But ESPN is not CNN. It's not Fox. So, I mean, after so long, what can they really do? Right. And um, I guess that's my main thoughts about it. But I respect uh, Captain Jack. Uh, no, I, I think he's sure. being real sincere about it. He, 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 he's hurt, but you use your platform, I mean, which is what he's doing. And um, But that's what I think some of the other players should have been doing also. Like We heard that Kyrie, oh, this is a fight for this and that and Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. But I ain't seen Kyrie say a word yet, and that's when the stuff come off as fake to me. Nah, certain right, people. Right, yeah. 
opposed to him. Well, I see him speaking every day. I see him posting and not just reposting something that somebody else posted. I see him posting his own stuff, his own thoughts. So I know Steven Jackson is real with it. But I also know he's not a current player either. So that plays a part when you don't have the potential to lose millions. And it ain't just about money, but it is about money also because everybody's worried about money. I mean, we all are going to work right now amidst all this is happening. So Corona, the racism that's been going on since I was born, you was born, that's never changed or whatever. So, I mean. That doesn't mean it shouldn't change. Yeah, it definitely should change. Right. It's going on. And right. we have, we're still, you know, a lot of people are still working through it. So I just, I just think Steven Jackson, maybe he should be a person that, as a former player, that should get with the NBA PA and he should be the one talking to them about what they should do in the bubble. He should, he should be a man spokesperson yeah. for that. Yeah. And, I mean, if he, he's clearly showing that he wants to be a part of social justice and what they could do, then that's on Chris Paul and his people to reach out to them also, or him to reach out to them and be like, this is the plan. I'm an NBA. I'm part of this fraternity. I'm an NBA champion. This will, we're going to do this, what we should do. And I think that'll help opposed to just saying that people shouldn't play. All right. No, I totally agree with that. Cause I mean, what, I just, I just genuinely, I'm asking what the hell is ESPN going to do? What is the NBA going to do? They can, they can only do so much. I mean, I can't compare the NBA putting black lives matter on the court to lawmakers putting it on the streets. They change the laws. So it's a joke for them to do it. But the NBA, that's the NBA putting it on your mind. I mean, what right. can yes? I said the only thing I would think of that the NBA could do is literally just, I guess not just literally the only thing they can do, but one of the most important things they can do is give the players the freedom to express how they feel about this, to bring awareness to social injustice, racial injustice, mm-hmm. racial biasness. Mm-hmm. And Adam Silver, whether he was sincere or not, or you know, just calling their bluff. The Kyrie's, the Avery Bradleys, who said he's not playing because of social injustice, but because of Corona. Um, he said, "Use your platform. This is what I want y'all to do. Y'all have my permission to do it." Exactly. Adam Silver has said he's not going to. I haven't nobody. heard, and I haven't heard. Like I said, we already wasn't hearing from Kyrie to start, but I haven't heard any secondhand, like which is what it was, basically all secondhand messages from Kyrie of how he And I'm not even saying Kyrie was wrong because it. Black players should think about starting their own league. Um, we should be focused on racial injustice because even though they are millionaires, 10, 15 times over, you know, the superstars, they still do deal with it. Like just two summers ago before LeBron played for the Lakers, somebody did write nigger with the ER on his front gate. So it does happen regardless of who it is. But y'all, as the players, have to start using our platform and speaking on it. And I guess from, like I say, maybe the NBA can't do anything as far as legal ramifications or changing laws, and they can't just bring awareness. But I would like to say the NBA PA is on y'all. We have all um, Chris Paul and a group of other people just supported Slutty, Slutty Vegan for a whole day where everything was free if you went there. I don't know if you saw that or not. Yeah, I did. Um, so when y'all do stuff like that because the um, – racist white people decided to go there and go on the websites or wherever they went to leave bad reviews. That's why y'all did that. Mm-hmm. So now, how about y'all get in the streets? Like, shout out to Jalen Brown and Malcolm Brown because first of all, they're from down here and they were down here when it happened. I'm not saying no other players did, but I also know Jalen Brown was arrested while he was out here protesting it. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think, I still, I'm mad I don't remember who the quote it was, but somebody, one NBA player said they should be doing both. 
they should play and use the platform. Shout out to Bradley Bill, who was out in the streets. He shared a story about how he was racially profiled by a police officer since he's been in the NBA. Why in D.C. at that? Um, we all know the story of Sterling Brown and the Milwaukee Police Department. So it does happen. Now, this is it's on the players to use their platform the right way and not just get mad. Instead of getting mad when y'all feel like reporters are asking y'all dumb questions, answer those dumb questions with something that has to do with racial injustice and how, how it should be fixed or what y'all problem with it is and what y'all think need to be done with it. Right. So, I think that's the best thing to do. But in other black news, shout the best out. news of the day, actually, I want to leave this <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. I want to give a huge shout out to Howard University and Maker Maker. Uh, uh, for that Stone Maker's younger, I think that's his brother, brother. Um, or whatever. If you don't know who Maker Maker is, look him up on YouTube. He's a top twenty recruit. Uh, he's sixteen on some sites, sixteen on ESPN, seventeen, eighteen on some sites. But it's a consensus he's twenty. He's a top twenty recruit, number one in his state of Arizona. He's number four at his position. And he made the right five star recruit. All and all this matters. Right. What you're about to say. And he made the great decision. Uh, he posted on Twitter about four or five hours ago, early in the morning, that he will be attending HBCU Howard University in Washington D.C. And it's a huge move for him to be one of the first to do it. I believe I, I was reading he's the highest ranked player to go to an HBCU like ever since they've been doing the ranking or whatever. And it was some talk about it starting, you know, when everybody was like, players should go to the HBCU. I believe we actually did something in our SoundCloud days. I said that players should do that, should go to HBCUs because they are Division ones. I briefly went to an HBU, Morgan State. Shout out to Morgan State. Um, of course, we are in Atlanta, home of two of the most famous HBCUs. Not only two, but, you know, but you know two of the most famous, famous, Morehouse and Spelman. But... I think this is a it's a big move because he says he want to inspire players like Mikey Williams. Mikey is the number two, uh, number three player of the uh, upcoming sophomore class. that said he he's going to consider an HBCU, and as of right now, Mikey would have signed. I mean, he can't sign, but if he goes, he would be the highest ranked player. But to get a top ranked player to go, just starts. It just it just starts everything up. That that's going to lead to Howard getting. ESPN deals maybe was this ESPN exactly or ESPN two or one of the ESPN networks. It'll be on they have ESPN games. Right. And then Howard isn't the best in um in their conference or whatever. But Howard is one of the most recognizable HBCU. So I can respect going to a name where people are like, dang, he's going he's going to Howard. Howard is, is a respectful name. Um just the names of people that's going to Howard. Our little cousin actually shout out to Aki. She just graduated from Howard and May. May will tell you how real name. Right. Right. But she graduated from Howard in May. Um, so it I think it's big. This gonna lead again. This I think it leads to more sponsorships. Mm-hmm. Howard's already privately funded, so they, they don't have no problem with money, obviously. But I think more boosters are gonna wanna mm-hmm. be involved. They're gonna hook up their facilities, which mm-hmm. are already cool. And I think at the end of the day, it'll lead other players to doing it because all it takes is being D one. Now, if I'm Patrick Ewing at Georgetown. I want to play Howard this year. George Washington. I want to play Howard. Maryland. They gonna play Howard. And I think that's what it comes down to. Like we that's were talking the schedule. Right. Like said. we were talking about in our early morning meeting. We were speaking on earlier. No, it wasn't a real meeting. We were talking. But on our early morning meeting, we were saying now is up when these recruits, when Mikey go visit these HBCUs, especially these Division One HBCUs, is he gonna put it on the coaches to want to, to play these games, like? Right, and go, let's say right. you go. Let's say he decided um, 
what's the Savannah State? That's the D one. That's the D one HBCU down here. Is he gonna put it on the coaches to get in the schedule? Florida, Florida State, Miami, Georgia, Georgia Tech, um, Georgia State, who's D one here? Tennessee, like schools. And, in the- but the main thing, I don't even think the, the obviously you want to schedule for the players, but it don't even really matter too. What players need to realize is they have the power. Players are literally missing the NCAA tournament, Ben Simmons, Markel Fultz, and going number one in the draft. Not that I think Maker is going number one, but I do think he could go top ten or whatever. So with with going there, it just helps other players to bring our money, our dollars into the black colleges and bring more funding and more exposure to the black schools. And, I mean, maybe – they can go to different conferences and merge up, you know, maybe Georgetown, I mean, Howard, make them get in the Big East now if they want to. Or they can stay in the MEAC with all the other black schools, Morgan and um, Delaware State and uh, Savannah State. And then you also got the other black uh, conference, the uh, SIAC, which is a, a pretty good conference also. I think it just leads to more opportunities. I, I just hope he says he wants to inspire more players. He specifically mentioned Mike. Because Mikey, like you say, most people have – some people think he's number one. Everybody knows he's top three for his class. Maybe more players like him will want to go. I mean, especially if you're going to want and done it. Or not HBCU. I mean, yes, that's, right, that's the thing anyway. Y'all going to want and done it unless they change the NBA rule. Exactly. HBCU it for a year. Um, Bring more exposure to black people, black schools. I think it's just, it's, a, it's a great start. Honestly, it's a real good start. And we've seen a couple of other players. I can't think of their names off the top of my head. But they're like transfer players that go to those schools, that transfer to those it's schools. Not, I can't, I'm mad I don't remember. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we brought it up in the last episode of episode four. Last, he was yeah. transferring from Oklahoma State, I think. I believe. So I just know he's going to Alabama State, State where Mo Williams is a coach, which is also the next step is you're going to get these NBA. Like Mo Williams went to Alabama. Right now he's coaching at Alabama State. And – I think more NBA coaches are going to be interested or NBA potential type coaches, NBA talent are going to be interested in those schools and you can just keep developing them. So right. I think it's a good move maker. Good job. Right, but speaking on the NBA, as you know, we're two, three weeks from the season restarting in Orlando. Have you seen the courts? Right. I, I looked at a few of them yesterday. I saw Miami's court, Indiana. Indiana court, yeah. yeah. They, they're basically building the court and like, it looked like it was like a ballroom. Cause I know they said they they put out uh, they want to have six courts built. Yeah, I think it's like six locations, and they're just putting the courts in the courts for uh, East Twenty Two Ten. So when I was looking at that, my main thing was like, dang, are they gonna be practicing at the same time, or not? I know they're gonna be practicing at the same time, but or it's gonna be like more than one team. Mm-hmm. Like you know, yeah. we got the Pacers now, and then Miami yeah. because there's right. like some separation between their courts. So it that'd be cool to know how that's gonna happen. Um. That's one thing I've heard about the bubble. The other thing I was reading was about Adam Silver saying yeah, they might the have players. to do it, either do a delay or right. the players just gonna have to watch the language. Yeah, you a delay it would be stupid. Go just tell the players, just don't go crazy. Have some. I mean, I, I would guess you're gonna have some type of music and stuff playing anyway, uh, or something. Yeah. But it, it, you know, yeah. I don't think you have to do it. Just not 1940. We don't have to do a tape delay. Mm-hmm. I don't think that happens. We all know. We all know they're, they're adults. They cuss. But what I'm looking for the most about the bubble, I was reading in uh, the NBA's Instagram page posted how it's going to be daily, daytime, and night games. I can't wait to watch a game at 1 o'clock. And that's what uh, – <laughs> I think it was John Morant. Maybe it was – is Orlando in it? Yeah, Orlando isn't far. It was Marquette Force. 
he says he's looking at this like a AAU tournament as far as having those games in those days, and maybe that'll make it play comfortably also. Right. Uh, so I'm looking forward to this bubble. Want to talk about the other, other bubble real quick? Real quick, because <laughs> I'm not. This is where I think most of us agree that this is a money grab. And I don't think it's – me personally, I don't think it's a money grab. I think they wanted to shut up these losing teams who wouldn't be playing basketball now anyway. I think, yeah, a mix of both. I mean, yes, yeah, of course. And then maybe both. that even helps solidify the, the lottery, I right. guess. Because I've mean, seen the thing um, – you know, they were basically saying – I don't remember who was saying it. I don't remember. I don't know who said it, but it was like, um, you know, teams that weren't playing in the Orlando bubble felt were gonna feel like they had a disadvantage of not playing basketball. That was the Hawks and Lloyd months. Pierce was one person that said, it, and Dwayne Casey's the one that said that. But he's, but he was like, they want individual. You know, we can have our own mini camp, I guess. But I know the Hawks is a team that's really been on this. We yeah, because he, want, he wanted to develop his young team. I know you want a more chance to show off Trey Young, which is your job as a coach, but you guys don't need to be playing basketball. You wouldn't be playing basketball right now. At all. Like, so I, I don't – if they do the bubble, I get it because you are trying to recoup some money. So I'm not – Running a business, I'm not going to like deem – tournament up there as well. Running, running a business, I'm not going to deem trying to make money as a bad thing. Because everyone is doing something to make money. And if the NBA falls, they can't continue to make money. So right. you, you got obligations that you want to keep because you're still thinking about the next CBA and how stuff is going to work from there. So and you, people don't want to lose money. I mean, I know Orlando alone is costing them like $150 million. So you got you to gotta make money. That, that, that is Absolutely. important. And you have to honor some of the deals. It ain't even necessarily making money. It's not losing money because you don't want to lose the money from the – this massive TV deal that has allowed teams that don't even make profit to be valued as billion dollar teams. And I think that's important. Mm-hmm. I think it's also important for players to work out, but you don't have to do that in a bubble in Chicago by playing games. And um, as I read online, it'll be a little bit harder to do it in Chicago because in, in Florida, which is a terrible spot to go, but at least in Florida, you can really manufacture your bubble. You can isolate Chicago mm-hmm. in a huge city, a lot of buildings. Like Disney World got a lot of open space. I mean, Disney World is like a, a world. Yeah. So um, I don't know if I agree with Chicago. I slightly, I don't ever agree with Dwayne Casey. I slightly agree that teams should be able to just maybe have a mini camp on their own, give them two, three weeks. Especially since most facilities have, excuse most team facilities have yeah. them open back up. Like Exactly. So give them two, three weeks, give them a month, say y'all going to work out and give them some guidelines and then move on. I don't think they necessarily need the bubble in Chicago, but no, I think I do think the NBA are trying to recruit, recoup whatever money that they, they came can, for, oh yeah, for, the, sure. for those games. That Cause they right, because they're not going to get it in fans tickets or, or um, sales of stadiums. Because are they going to even are they allowing fans? Because that was the whole thing <clears> about them, you know, take the lane because they worried about the language. Because you're not going to be in the crowd chat over the players talking. Right. Yeah, it, it's going to be no fans. Um, so. Yeah, I, I don't think Chicago is a good idea, but I am interested to see what more de- – because I just read about it for the first time yesterday. So it would be interesting to see what more details are going to come out. But uh, I think Chicago is a no-go. I don't think they should do it. And then they're, especially they're talking about doing it in September. So by the time we even get to that, the, the regular season part of the Orlando bubble will be over. So what what's even the point of that? I, I think they'd be getting ready to go into the playoffs. So, I mean, yeah, I don't get the, I don't get the point of that. Yeah. 
Um, so I vote no to the Chicago I also vote no to the Chicago yeah. bubble. Um, let us know how you guys feel about Chicago bubble. If you know you think it's a good idea, it's a bad idea, it's just a money grab, or if it is important for these losing teams to keep playing basketball right now, even though they wouldn't be playing basketball right now. Right. Cause he's talking about such a long layout. I mean, when y'all be done in April, y'all don't come back to September. What's what's the I mean, what's the difference, honestly? Uh, I mean, it's a little it's a little longer, but like you said, facilities are open and people can work. They don't want to feel left out. Yeah. But guess what? Sometimes you're going to get left out of things like you guys would get left out of the playoffs. Exactly. But other than that, and um, get, I want to know your thoughts on how you feel about this season's champion as well. Whoever will be crowned champion, will you put an asterisk on it? Will it be an asterisk because it was a tough situation, which right. I don't think it is? Or are you going to put an asterisk on it because it's like, well, they won in a shortened season? I don't – me personally, I'm pretty sure I've said this before. I don't think it should be an asterisk. The champion is a champion. We – Y'all already wanted to put Ashes on KD championship when he played full 82 game seasons with a great team. Y'all want to put Ashes on the 2015 Warriors championship because two players didn't play. Y'all just want to put it's too many Ashes on too many things. We need to take the Ashes off Barry Bud's 73 home runs in that single season as well. Yeah, I, I can't put no Ashes on none because no major players are missing. So everybody's rested. Like who who's the biggest player that's not playing? And no, this does not give anybody any career points because you won a championship during this. What's going on right now? Yeah, everybody's playing talking to you, Jay. I'm talking to you, Jay Williams. Right. Yeah, that that. Honestly, I think this is just a chance for all the. And I, I'm not even gonna get deep into the LeBron lovers, but it just gives them a chance that if they win, like if LeBron wins, a great accomplishment. That's four rings. I imagine he'd be Finals MVP. That's four Finals MVP. I'm gonna talk about that. I'm not talking about, oh, he won during the pandemic. Like, everybody's starting at the same spot. Everybody. So, how does that give you more of an advantage or a disadvantage for somebody else? It'd be a miracle if somebody like the next one. No Kyrie, no KD, uh, DeAndre Jordan not playing. They win. They win. They win. But the Lakers, because why? Because Avery Bradley don't play? Y'all just signed J.R. Smith. Same player. And with that being said, we're gonna take a quick break, and when we come back, we're gonna get into our last. Cup. We're gonna get into the last two divisions plus the Seattle SuperSonics on our all-time players for the team list. Sound good? What's going on? It's John W. And it's Fresh X. And we are the international professional podcasters, the Hoopers. What's going on, players? So we've been at this podcast thing for a minute now, and I'm pretty sure y'all wondering, man, I don't know if I could be a podcaster. How much would it cost? But using the Anchor app is absolutely free. It's free and it's easy to do. You can record from your phone. You can record on your computer, even on your iPad or whatever you use. So it's super simple. Now you've got it set up. You know that you can do it. You're thinking, man, now how do I get listeners? How do I put it out there? Anchor also provides that for you, considering that they put you on different platforms like Spotify and Apple Podcasts. You can't be international if people don't hear you. And they also set it up for you where you can make money off of your listeners, but no no minimum listenership. So all you got to do, go to anchor.fm, download the app, and everything you need is right here. So it's us once again, the international professional podcaster, John W. And Fresh X. You are the Hoopers. Peace out, players. All right. So we get this thing jump started. Uh, we're going to start in the Central Division. We're going to start with the Chicago Bulls. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, Michael Jordan, easy. Scotty Pippen, easy. Derrick Rose, definitely. Joe Kim Noah, and Dennis Rodman. <laughs> I don't even think we really even need to. Do. 
discuss the Bulls. <laughs> I guess who else are potential players? Because um, those, those guess, were the easiest uh, ones. Horace Grant, I guess. Hor- I, you know what? I started um, considering Horace over Dennis because Horace was better for the Bulls Horace than Dennis. Was. Dennis, he was really good for the Bulls. I do want to start by saying that. Really True. good. Defensive player of the year, his first year. And we all saw the last dance and how he was vital while Scotty was out. I, I want to say this, though. I think the last dance didn't show how important Tony Kukoc was that year. Mm-hmm. But Dennis Rodman got benched that year for Tony Kukoc once Scotty came back. And I Steve Kerr said something about that as well, about how they had him more in it when Tony Kukoc should have been the other role, should have been the other player getting interviewed. Mm-hmm. Shout out to Steve Kerr because he always does that. Yeah. He always does try to make sure the right people get the proper respect. Right. Except yeah. Steph Curry when it comes to the referees. Exactly. So, um, <laughs> I think I think Horace Grant could have been on there, but uh, I you know Dennis Ryman he did the league in rebound. He won Defensive Player of the Year, so I will get him that. Yeah, I think it came down between like Dennis Ryman, Horace Grant, and uh, Artis Gilmore for me. Yeah, but, yeah. All right, I thought about Art also. I had, I, had, I, just, I had that one for Dennis because of the second three peat. Yeah, so that that's fair. And uh-huh. uh, Noah and Derrick Rose, shout out to Derrick Rose. I had to put him on the list. So yeah, we agree with that. So my Milwaukee Bucks. Got Giannis Antetokounmpo, mm-hmm. Ray Allen, mm-hmm. Sidney Moncrief, mm-hmm. Oscar Robertson. Mm-hmm. I don't know how I spelled his name wrong. I got Robinson instead of Robertson. <laughs> um, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I got Robinson instead of Robertson also. I, I, think, I, I think that was <laughs> – right. yeah, I weird. just realized that. <laughs> <laughs> Oscar <laughs> Robinson. Like, who the hell is Oscar Robinson? <laughs> and my fifth player is uh, Glenn Big Dog Robinson. He was my fifth player originally, but my list is Giannis, mm-hmm. Ray Allen, mm-hmm. got to have Sidney Moncrief on there, got to have Big O, and I chose Kareem to go on the list. Oh, over. that's right. Big Dog is my, is my six. Yeah, Big Dog is my six. My asterisk, shout out to Big Dog, Glenn Robertson, came to the league, league, said, I need 90 million. They said, we need a, a catway <laughs> for rookies. He came really, really like, hey, I'm number one pick. I did this in college. I need 90 million. And they said we need to put a wage scale for rookies after that. So shout out to Robinson. Big dog averaged 20 the first 10 years of his career. I think it, it, uh, KD is on that list now. And Jordan also. But I think that list was like Jordan, LeBron, KD, Melo, and Big Dog. Like I believe those are like they averaged 20 for their whole career. Um, I know later, later in his career, like his last few years with the Spurs is when he dipped. I'm about to pull him up now. I think Big Dog averaged one year under 20, and then he's like, all right, I'm done. Because he, he, you know what? Glenn was a, a he was a great scorer from the start, and that, that's partly why he was the number one pick or whatever. All right. Because scoring just was his go-to, and he, like, 20 points a game. All and not only that, he, I think top. people also forget how good of a rebounder he was. True that. Yeah. Um, as, as a big as a big three, um. Him, Ray Allen, San Francisco. Right. And I remember that team. Tim Thomas, uh, Irvin Johnson, Irvin Johnson. Johnson, not Maddie Johnson. Right. Not but, Irvin, but Irvin Johnson. And I always thought that team was going to be, I mean, big dog for his career, 20 and 6. Uh, I always thought for his, uh, for that team was going to be, and they took Iverson 7, and some conspiracy theorists think that the NBA helped Allen Iverson get to the NBA Finals. Why would David Stern help Allen Iverson? But whatever. But I always thought that they were going to be so tough for Philly that they were going to beat Philly 4-1 that year, 4-2. And a lot of people actually did pick Milwaukee to go to the um, to the finals, finals right? and yeah. even have a chance to win it because I think they were 15-1. and one. 
against the West that year or something mm-hmm. like that. Mm-hmm. I do think they. I think they could have got two off the Lakers. I do think they could have got yeah, two. Nobody, off. No, nobody. They didn't. I don't think Irvin Johnson was going to be able to contain Shaq. So he has three years where he didn't average twenty. One of those years, ninety-eight, ninety-nine. So clear that, that, that was the short year. Season. That was a short yeah. season. And then uh, okay. his last full year. Uh, his last full year, which was forty-two games, not even a full year. He averaged sixteen. And then he was hurt the next year, played nine games, 10 points, and he retired. But it showed what a staple he was for his career average to be at 20 points per game. So uh, shout out to Big Dog, but I do have to put Kareem on this. Oh, yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, Trent Pistons, mm-hmm. Isaiah Thomas, Chauncey mm-hmm. Billups, mm-hmm. MVP, Ben Wallace, mm-hmm. Adrian Daly, Joe Dumars. No, I do not have – Bill Lambert on this because I feel Hell like no. Bill Lambert is one of the. I know people don't Bill talk. Bill is trash. Yeah. I said it. He trash. He white trash, and he was a dirty player. <laughs> no filter about that. I, that's how I feel about uh, Bill Lambert, a hundred percent. And my list is the same. Isaiah, Ben <laughs> Wallace, Adrian Danny, Joe Dumas. I almost didn't put Joe Dumas on the team. Just trying to see who else I just put on there. I was debating between him and Dennis. Because Dennis made his two all-star appearances, but his numbers just wasn't enough. And I he did have a defense player the year there, though. He did. But when I went back to look at Joe, I really was sleeping on how good Joe Dumars was. Joe, on top of being a champion for them, was really, really good. Like, um, 16 a game for his career. But he went through a good, you know, amount of stretch of being at 20 to 20, uh, you know, 19, 20 a game, even averaging 23 a game in 92. Um, so... I had to show Joe, Joe a little love. And then he also was a uh, finals MVP, five-time all-defense, three-time all-NBA, six-time all-star, and he also won in the executive of the year with the Pistons. So I thought it, it was definitely right to put Joe on this team. It's like the finals MVP is huge for him. All right. So shout out to Joe Dumars. So my Cleveland Cavaliers team, I don't know how I got anybody but five before LeBron and Kyrie Irving. But all jokes aside, I got LeBron James. Kyrie Irving, Mark Price, Kevin Love, Sean Kemp. Cause don't even say no more. That's all I'm saying. I'm gonna me. say this about Kevin Love because I know he gets a lot of flight because of how he played in Cleveland. But they don't win that 2016 championship without Kevin Love. Kevin Love and Chris Bosh is the same for me. Yeah, literally the same. Yeah, they, they're, they're they're the same. And I won't deny how Love game got knocked by going to Cleveland trying to fit in with two players that dominate the ball and didn't want to play any other way opposed to dominating the ball because Kyrie and LeBron could have bended a little more to work with Kevin Love just like Wade and Bob, Wade and LeBron could have bended a little more to work with Bosh. But at the end of the day, since he's been in Cleveland, down 17 and 10, 10, I'm taking Kevin Love. Shout out to Mark Price, one of the best shoes ever had to happen on this list. Yeah, cool. I, love, uh, I love Mark Price game. He's actually like he's really underrated too. You know who else I considered for them? I considered Ron Harper. Yeah, I think Mark Price got my Ron Harper pick because I feel like Mark Price, Mark Price was the more important player for that team. He was Ron Harper. Uh, he he just was a solid scorer. And then when I and looked he was, at it, he was always a good defender as well. Yeah, but I think Ron Harper. I would I would have put him on the Clippers list before them, because um, he, yeah, I mean, uh, he did more in Cleveland. I mean, he did more in Clippers. Yeah, I mean they're close to the same as far as points. One extra year, but I think I was just Mark Price meant more to Cleveland than uh, Ron Harper. <laughs> Last is uh, Indiana yeah. Pacers. I got uh, Reggie Miller, Paul yeah. George, Jayla Rose, Jermaine O'Neal, and Danny Granger. Got the same team. Um, 
I want to talk about Indiana real quick. You think, I think, what do you think about Paul George saying, you know, the first time he started thinking this and that about the Pacers when they got rid of Danny Granger? If they don't get rid of Danny Granger, Paul George doesn't become a star, and I'm leaving right there. Exactly. <laughs> I'm gonna leave right there. We're gonna right. go to the uh, and Danny Granger clearly. Like at the end of the day, I get it, but it is a business and players breaking down. Like you can't just have somebody yeah, take it all. Like his, his body man. really started breaking down. So yeah. So that's uh that's, that's it for the yeah, central. Yeah. That's it for the central. Division. And we can go to the southwest now. I'm started off with the uh, Houston Rockets. So got Hakeem Olajuwon, Trace McGrady. Yao Ming, Clyde Drexler, and Steve Francis as an Astros player. That's my six minute. But you only said four though. I can't trace it, y'all, Clyde. But James, James, James is obvious. Yeah. James so y'all yeah. said James Harden first. Oh, oh my bad. James? No, I didn't. I started with Hakeem. My mm-hmm. bad. James Harden, Hakeem, Trace McGrady, Yao Ming, Clyde, and Steve Francis as an Astros slash six player. I had the same people actually, same exact thing. And I was just trying to think who else would I have had on yeah, there. I was you could have put like, Moses. Vernon Maxwell. You could have put Moses on half the team. You know, honestly, right. Uh, yeah, I was thinking even Ralph Sampson. Ralph Sampson. Otis uh, Thorpe. Yeah. Uh, like I said, Vernon Maxwell. Vernon, um, yeah. Vernon was a beast. Um, but I think we got it right overall. But, uh, yeah, you you could have put Ralph on there, 19 a game, 10 rebounds, about 1.9 blocks. So, almost two blocks. Ralph could have been on there, but. I, I couldn't put him over James. I can't Tracy Yow or Clyde. Yeah, I find so he would, at the end of the day, just be an asterisk. And I like Steve Francis. Yeah, so. Steve Francis. I feel like Steve Francis was, um, even though they weren't necessarily the best, those weren't the best Houston teams, I feel like Steve Francis. He helped start. And that game. jersey was always that blue with the pinstripes. Yeah. I actually need that. Shout out to the franchise. And one of the best nicknames ever. Like, yeah. Not Earl Monroe level good, but. Steve Franchise is a great nickname. Right. Steve, and I just want to show him some love. He was always one of my favorite players. If you don't know, Steve Francis didn't play much in um, high school. He didn't play high school ball at all, actually. Kind of Eric Bledsoe-ish. He, he only played AAU, which led him going to JUCO. Won two JUCO championships, I believe. I know at least one. And then he went to Maryland, and he became number, number two pick. So, and he famously told the Vancouver Grizzlies, don't, don't draft, draft me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to Vancouver, which he did not do. Right, so my next I would love to have Steve Francis Vancouver. I would love to have So I got the uh, Dallas Mavericks next. Yep. Dirk Nowitzki. Yep. Steve Nash. Mark McGuire. Mm-hmm. Jason Kidd. Michael Finley. Okay, I was wondering if you were going to put my boy Fin Dog on there. <laughs> I thought we the only people that call him Fin Dog. Like, we the only people Man, that call my, him. Michael Finley, for one. Jordan respected his game. Oh, for sure. That's all I need to know from you. But Finley was such a beast for them years in Dallas, not even to get to his numbers, even though he did average 19.8 parts per game. He was part of that big three. He was so important for for them teams, and I can always remember him. Oh, that's technically his actual team. No, no, that's for But I feel like we don't. Wow, I've him never him. heard nobody, nobody call ever. Him I feel like we're the only people that say that. I've never heard nobody <laughs> call him Finley, but he is definitely Finley. I, I shout out Michael Finley. I, I really like Michael Finley. He, he, you know, I always like Michael Finley. He'll hit you Finley. from the mid-range or he'll dunk Michael Finley had one, like, he would always pro-hop before he got the dunk. I literally was about to say, he he. I usually try to practice his pro-hop, then dunk on purpose with one <laughs> hand. Like, he's the reason why I want to jump out two feet to be able to dunk, because he, he was going to hit you with it, and then he just went up so powerful. Michael so, Finley is a... He do got a championship, too, so shout out to Michael Finley. Yeah, he's on the 2006-2006 first. I want to say this, because, like, not to shoot down Michael Finley, I feel like Joe Johnson watched Michael Finley his whole life, but wasn't that athletic. But you 
So mm-hmm. he figured out how to score better? Yep. If, 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 yeah, I could say that, yeah. And Joe left early enough to go to a situation where it was all catered around him because right. yep. he, he went and to Atlanta did. and it was his team, so he got 25 from the start. So shout out to Finn Dog. So got the Memphis Grizzlies back. Dang, so all of them, the big three, they all got a ring except Steve Nash. Finley got a ring, Dirk got a ring, Steve Nash, the only one got a ring. And got I'm not mad at Dirk, I mean, Steve Nash for leaving, though, because I'll never forget Cuban offering him $46 million and then Finney said, here goes 65. I would have left him. Even though Mark Cuban was justified in why he offered him $45 million. if y'all don't know, Steve Nash had back problems. He could barely play. It was play. a back and like a heart issue, like, wasn't it? I don't think it was a heart thing. It was just a, it was just a back because they didn't know if he was ever going to be able to play 82 games. games. So yeah, he's like, right. Right, yep. Can't give a player that much. You can't give a player sixty. I mean, shout out to Phoenix and their world class. Um, Phoenix needed him more than that. Yeah. At the end of the day, we got Dirk. Yeah. So I'm gonna give. We'll give you fifty million. But I'm not gonna give you sixty. And I, but I do believe if you would have came back. And that was also one of those things too, where fifty was the high. It was like that Carlos Goozer in Cleveland thing, where he didn't think he was gonna get a sixty million dollar offer, and Mark Cuban didn't think anybody was gonna offer that. And once they came with the sixty million dollar offer. It, it was really no coming back, honestly. So, like, even I, I think if if he offered him forty six, if Steve Nash came back and was like, "Let's do 50, he, he would have gave him fifty. But once they gave him sixty four, it's like he like y'all almost twenty million over what I'm offering. So, so <laughs> I, I ain't mad at uh, Cuban about that. All right, so, I um, got Memphis Grizzly next. So start with the, the Gasol brothers easily. Zebo easily. Sharif Abdurrahim. Shout out Reef and Michael Conley. Gotta have Mike on the team. Um, just think about the Grizzlies overall. I don't think there's nobody else I would put on that team. Uh, you know, shout out to White Chocolate, mm-hmm. one of my favorite players ever. But I it, yeah, it came down to White Chocolate and uh, Mike Conley and Mike. Conley. Yeah, yeah, so like, I, I I didn't know who else I would put on that team. I was thinking so. Rudy Gay, but I was like, who? I'm not taking Sharif off Rudy Gay. I, you know, I'm a big Rudy Gay fan. Yeah, I really could not take Sharif off Rudy Gay. Yeah, so I think next would be Rudy Gay. Like you said, Rudy, Rudy Gay, White I Chocolate. And Stromas would be the next two players. Shout out to Stromas, but Rudy, Rudy by 17 again. That he mean. So, yeah, I think I think uh, Mike Conley is the right choice. So, San Antonio Spurs. I'm going to have to edit this while I'm talking because oh, I missed I the player. Yeah, I did So, i um, got Tim Duncan, David Robinson. I'm taking Tony Parker off of George Gervin. My bad. Um Taking manager nobly off of Tony Parker and Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> so yeah. I guess I'm just taking manager nobly off of George Gervin to keep it simple. Yeah, basically, I uh, I don't know how I forgot George Gervin. I guess I, I guess I was just thinking, you know why he put George? Yeah, he was on the ABA. He didn't uh just ABA, he did play in the ABA. But um the first couple of years was was ABA. So that that's probably why I wasn't thinking George. Mm-hmm. But uh with that said. Played a long time in the NBA with the Spurs as well. Oh, oh yeah. So with that said, I mean 26.3 parts per game. George Gervin, the original KD. Right. I got it. So I'm gonna go Duncan. Same team. And I'd rather, yeah, take out Janobi. I'd rather have Tony Parker, I'd rather have Kawhi. So Tim Duncan, David Robinson, uh Iceman, Kawhi, and Tony Parker. That would actually be a good start five. Honestly. It would. Like that would that would still win a championship. It would. <laughs> that team would be crazy because Ka- Kawhi, you know, Tim Duncan gonna average about sixteen. David Robinson be about 14, 15. Kawhi gonna be about fifteen. George gonna give you his 30, All right. 25. All right. You gotta 
Like I, I don't I think, think we'll I don't think the Spurs ever had a, like a great perimeter score. Nope. In the midst of their great defensive teams. Nope. Iceman can play at any era, any single. We're gonna talk about that on the era. next episode. I seen he had something come up in the group chat. Uh, when we get down to this, I'll tell you I'm more in on that. Yeah. So the next team I have is the New Orleans Pelicans. Anthony Davis, Demarcus Cousins, Chris Paul, Baron Davis, and David West. No other man needed. Shout out to Jamal McGlory, though. He was a one-time All-Star there, but he might be with the Hornets, not with the Pelicans. So, right. yeah, nothing else needed for that one. And then the Seattle Supersonics. Shout out to Seattle. Yeah, I got me personally. I have Gary Payton, GP, Ray Allen, gotta have Ray. Kevin Durant, gotta have Sean Kemp, yep. and Lane Wilkins. Same team. Gotta have Rain Man. And me, um, for me, I was thinking like Jack Sigma. Yeah. Um, a lot of those teams, you know, that, that team Jack, they had they were the only team in NBA history to have three players that average over twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, but him, not Dale Ellis. Um, I thought about uh, I thought about Rashard Lewis a little bit, yeah. Dallas Trample a little I did. bit, Hershey Hawkins. Yeah, you can get into Surge maybe if you really wanted to. Well, see, I've been getting the Surge because I, Surge never played in the Seattle Supersonic jersey. Ah, you're correct. Surge did not, but like you said, you could go Jack Sigma. You could go. Uh, I think we got the right amount of people though. Yeah. Um, um, Fred Brown was a solid player with them. I remember. You know, he put up some decent numbers, but nobody I would think to knock off who you went with. Right. Like Charlotte Lewis would be the next closest, I think, as far as with his numbers. Sure. Um, and what he did there, being an all star and things like that. Oh, and uh, Gus Williams also. I definitely forgot about the Wizards. Shout out to Gus Williams. Uh, he could have made a team 17 points per game for his career, in particular 20 with Seattle. So Gus was a, uh, you know, you got to go back, do your, do your history. Gus, Gus was a beast. But uh, I think overall, GP, Ray Allen, KD, Sean Kent, Lenny Williams, it don't get like no better in those, honestly. Right. And so on the next episode, we hear this thing. Well, I'm getting to a little bit now. I'm not going to name any players because like I still got to make my list. I don't know why we're doing so many lists, but whatever. All right. We're going on the season to come right. back. But um, we always see a thing. It's not a you know, old whereas older players couldn't play now and younger players and new players now can play back, you know, in the nineties and eighties or whenever because of the defensive rules or physicality. And it's my in my opinion, I think any player can translate to any era. If you're a role I think if you're a role player now, you're gonna be a role player in the nineties or the eighties. If you're a role player in the eighties and nineties, you're gonna be a role player now. Right. Um as a shooter, you might be able to be a bigger role player because shooting is it's, it's more emphasis on shooting now. Right. Whereas back then, it was more emphasis on big men. Right. I, I think for both eras, it's players, like at the end of the day, the players now are, are, are getting more talented than ever because you're watching what came before and you got to work on more skills than ever. But I think it's players from back then, Mop Moot, Della Shrimp, Christian Leitner, I'm just naming some people off the top of my head. And there's some players now that could have played then and some players then that would be better now. You know what I mean? But I think, like, players that only do one thing that are helped based off of shooting, they they probably would struggle a little more then than, than now. And I think players then that were more versatile, but that was shunned upon to be a 6'11 player that would shoot jump shots. Like, somebody like Ralph Sampson now, which, which, which he's a beast. He was a beast then. But if he played now, knowing that he could shoot threes and stuff how he did, 
he's he's uh, he's still an all star. And then when you get into the top players, like what top ten player is you telling me couldn't play that game? Game is game. You can play in any era if you can play. And just to um show you, just to like I hate when people um, like LeBron would have just been a glorified power forward back then. No, he wasn't. He's LeBron James. Like he, he he's right. He was still bad at dribble. He's still bad at dribble. KD is still bad at shoot. Like people like oh Steph. Like he went on that list we saw. Steph couldn't play that. Which win. I want to bring up real quick because this is what actually is going to bring in this list. To which is why we're going to do this list because this was from um an Instagram page, Kyrie's layup. I don't know why. Anyway. Um, but his so the list is current players that were surviving in the nineties. It was Kawhi Leonard, Giannis Antetokounmpo, Joel Embiid, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, Jimmy Butler. Russell Westbrook, Blake Griffin, and Drew Holiday. And I agree with all these. I did say it well, when we were talking in the group chat real quick about it. Um, we we questioned why Drew Holiday was on the list, even though we feel like he would make it, but how do you have him over stuff? But now I'm also – it's players that Blake Griffin shouldn't be on, above on this list either that's playing currently. Um I think Blake would be all right. Oh, no, he I think he would. All NBA. Oh, no, yeah, I definitely think he would be he all right. Be, man, he's basically Sean Kemp. No, yeah, he definitely. I, oh, no, yeah, I, I, I agree with you. He would be all right. I just, you can think of two other players to put above Blake Griffin and Drew Holiday. Right. And like I said, one of them being Steph Curry, because you can't say Steph Curry could survive when Mahmoud Abdul-Raouf was a pretty good player in the 90s as well, basically with the same game. So that's gonna be our right. list. We're gonna get on that. Hope we might get that. Might be the list for the next episode. Who knows? But we're definitely gonna do that because I always do like that conversation. Because I don't mind. I'm me. I'm one of those people. I don't mind comparing errors because at the end of the day, we are. They all are basketball players, and a lot of them do play the same style as players before them. So it is easy comparisons, but we don't want to do it because nobody actually just wants to admit that Michael Jordan is the best player ever. Right. So to get around that, we just say, oh, we can't compare errors. We've been comparing errors this whole time up until y'all don't want to weigh out until people want to argue that LeBron is better than Jordan. Like, right. It was no problem arguing Magic as the best player. Like, you can't be the best player ever without comparing errors. Right. Like, you can't. And if you don't want to you don't want to do a list of best players that ever is cool, that means you're not comparing errors. But if you want to say that one player is the greatest player to ever play the game, you have to compare errors. Mm-hmm. There's no way around it. It's not. Mm, that's just... Is what it is. So I think we should do maybe we do a top ten, top twenty five players from now that was playing back then. We should do that. We we'll bring that out for the next one. So, um, anything else you got for today? That's all I got for today. Uh, shout out to Maker Maker again, going to Howard University. Shout out to E Money Bates. And I don't think. We, oh yeah, we ain't because about it didn't happen. Yeah, because it happened. Um, in between this episode and the last episode, Imani yeah. Banks has verbally committed to Michigan State. Yep, figured that would happen. So, shout out to Imani. Uh, the real question is, is he gonna make it there right. because they might do change the NBA age limit by then? Right, because I'm with you. Number one picks don't go to the G League. We'll mm-hmm. discuss that more in the next one, too. Going to the G League, going overseas, sitting out for the year, just all the options the top players have, and what is the right choice. Because we've seen, like I say, money's going to college. We saw Darius Baisley last year sit out for a year, then still going the first round. We saw Brandon Jennings go overseas and go top ten. We saw Lamelo go overseas and he's going to go top five probably. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, we saw RJ Hampton go overseas and he thought he was going to go top ten, but it's seeming like he 
may not go in the first round. Can't forget, so, can't forget Jeremy Tyler. Jeremy Tyler. Tyler leave after his junior, after his sophomore year, excuse me, to go overseas. Right. So, no, he left after his junior year. He left, he left, his junior year. He left after his junior year. So, um, I think we should, that's a good topic. We should get into next week on the Hoopers. So, until right. next time on the Hoopers. I'm John W. Fresh it. We are the Hoopers.